This is John Beethan with healthandwellnessencinitas.com, where we talk the truth about wellness and give you the tools, resources, and access to things that actually work and heal from the wellness mecca of Encinitas, California, and well beyond. Today's show is episode number 18, titled Medical Qigong, Energy-Based Medicine with Dr. Madison Mancy. This is a re-podcast with Madison. Uh, we just felt like we wanted to get her back onto the show and let her talk a little bit more about what she does. And uh, we'll be talking about helping others overcome anxiety, stress, and physical pain, finding the right practitioner, stress-related anxiety, and panic attacks. If you're on a podcatcher like the podcast app for iTunes, simply search in your podcatcher for Encinitas, and we'll be right there to subscribe to. Welcome back. This is Lisa Thorpe with Health and Wellness Encinitas. And today I have our first return guest, Dr. Madison Mansi. She's a doctor of Chinese medicine who specializes in Qigong. And today she has two of her patients with her. Dr. Mansi, will you please introduce your guests? Oh, yes, absolutely. So we have Dino Maiolo here. He's an investor and an owner of a resort in Bali called The Floating Leaf. And then we also have Andy Peltz, and he is a pilot. Welcome, everybody. And Madison, you, a lot of people think Qigong is just, it's like Tai Chi in the park, but that's that's actually not true. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, being a doctor of Chinese medicine and your specialty? Yes, absolutely. So Qigong is one of the five branches of Chinese medicine, so that's what I specialized in. And within Qigong, there is martial medical and spiritual. Those are the three different schools. So I went through the medical school training for Qigong. And within Qigong, there's external, uh, they call it external qi therapy, which is the clinical application of medical Qigong. And then there's also an internal practice, which are movements and forms that individuals learn, which are actually used in order to help prevent or overcome a specific ailment or pain within the body. There's only one university in the United States where an individual can receive formal medical Qigong education and training, which is in San Jose. Further, beyond the education, an individual can go on to apply and go through a national board certification, which is a credential that I do hold. And those are other very important facts for individuals to be aware of when they're out there and they're looking for somebody to help them in the energy-based field. Why, Dino, what, what brought you to Madison? Yeah, uh, I met Madison about a year ago when I came back from uh, a, a trip overseas when we were just first building the, the resort. Uh, I was there for about three months overseeing the final stages of construction and one of the things we wanted to do, my partners and I, was build a resort that was up to U.S. construction standards, but trying to do that in a developing country was very challenging. And we were going over budget by pulling up floors, redoing walls and artwork that was getting broken, and we were way over budget and coming dangerously close to uh, not meeting our grand opening day. So this is creating a ton of stress on me. I had probably all the symptoms that you would have with panic and, and stress. Uh, I wasn't able to sleep, I didn't eat, 
Uh, I was tripping over power tools on the job site. Very dangerous situation. I was having uh, dizzy spells, shortness of breath. All of this in Bali? Uh, in Bali, if you believe that. Uh, you know, the, the most Something's really wrong with you, Dino. <laughs> so, but if you've been to Bali, you know that the place is full of healers. And so some of the workers would suggest, well, why don't you go see a healer, you know, a Balinese healer, which I did. I saw healers. Uh, I went to uh, cleansing rituals, purification ceremonies. Uh, I had Reiki done. I had never heard of Reiki until then. Um, I even went to massages and had massages done, and none of it worked. Except the massages made me feel a little bit better at the time. But <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Um, but approaching, after all this, heading back to the job site, I'd start getting that shortness of breath again, and everything would just come flooding back. So the only thing I was, that was left for me to do was really just to power through it, which I did. Uh, and I had to fly back here because we needed to get a uh, U.S. quality insurance inspector to come down there and help with the, finish this project so it was done correctly. And I was here for about a week. And I was still having these symptoms and thought, okay, what I normally do is, is go out for a run, get some exercise. And I was in Mission Bay about three quarters of the way through a run on a beautiful day. And my head started to get, I started to get dizzy again. And this weird feeling I never had before it felt like my head was filling up with helium. And that was the last thing I remember. The next thing, I was lying on my back, looking face up at people talking to me. I couldn't hear them. I couldn't hear anything at the time, but people were talking to me. And as my hearing came back, I heard a woman mention that she was going to try to call an ambulance. And first thing I said was, don't call an ambulance. Don't call an ambulance. Because I know that, knowing myself, I know that it was going to make things worse. Uh, but one of the guys there, a really nice guy, says, okay, if you're not going to let us call an ambulance, at least let me drive you to the hospital just to be sure. I'll drive your car. My wife will follow in, her, in our car. And so after a while, I agreed to do that. I saw a doctor there. He asked, he said, he came in. He said, well, the good news is you're not having a heart attack, which I kind of knew. I knew I wasn't having a heart attack. But then he asked, he goes, well, let, let me ask you, do you have any stress in your life at the moment? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just like, work in Bali. Right. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I told him the whole story. And uh, he started to reach and, and write out a prescription for me, which I, I don't like taking pills. And I just right. told him, I said, look, I got into this without medication, without medicine, without any drugs. I want to get out of it that way, too, you know, because I don't like taking the medication unless I absolutely have to. So a little back and forth between me and the doctor on that, that topic. And he finally gives me a business card, Dr. Mancy's business card. And so I'm looking at it and I'm like... <laughs> medical qigong mm-hmm. <laughs> and i'm staring at it and he, and he after our conversation he knew exactly what i was thinking he goes don't worry she's not going to try to summon the gods she's not gonna do anything <laughs> like that that was really reassuring was knowing it was getting his right well you've got a, a doctor mm-hmm. in in the emergency room handing you a medical qigong yeah. card right I mean, that's new that's that's almost revolutionary for our medical system yeah it, it was and this this doctor was very open-minded and one of the things that i, I didn't want because i i took the card I, it was encouraged by this but i still wasn't completely sold on it because i went back home and what i didn't want was somebody who had like like when i was in bali two weeks of reiki training and you know thought they had you know they can heal me with their energy i didn't i didn't want that Right. I wanted something real. And he even said that she, you know, her approach is very clinical. Uh, but I looked her up anyway. 
and I found out all about her. She was your. Did your I, research? I'm going to butcher this. I know, but <laughs> you're a double major at Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I know she was. She was a doctor. You got a bl- lot of healthcare background. So this was all encouraging. Certified, licensed, all that. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to give her a call, and I did. Mm-hmm. And I'll let you talk about the treatments and, and, and the stuff that we did. But I, I, I will say, to kind of wrap all this up, when I walked out of there, and, and I tell people this story, but I, I have no other way to explain it other than you to use cliches, is it did honestly feel like the weight of the world was off, finally off my shoulders. And not only was I able to, um, to go on and, and, and live you know, my life normally like I had before, but... Uh, there was even more stress. We had more problems with the construction project after I saw her that first time. Mm-hmm. And But I was able to cope. I was productive. You had That's your what tools. was important to me. Yes, exactly. I had my tools back. Um, and so all this stress wasn't keeping me from, you know, like I was told you before, tripping over power tools and almost killing myself, things like that. <laughs> I was able to be productive again. And I, I didn't lose my drive. I, you know, I was still, uh, you know, was still very ambitious with what we were doing, but um, you know, I was I was able to, to to function, and I was I went back for I think we did it for what almost almost two months mm-hmm. I think, and then occasionally I go back for I, I call them tune ups I don't know what you want to call them, <laughs> but um, follow up care. Yeah, it, this was. You know, I'm very happy to. You know, I, I probably would have, you know, been happy to go to her even if had I not had this this incident. And how about you, Andy? What's your story? My story, a uh, little, little different. I was towards the end of a divorce, which had been probably as good as any divorce could be. That's uh, big. And, no, it, we were doing a very good job. Oh, you mean, I thought you were being facetious. No, saying. no, I wasn't. <laughs> so no, it was going yeah. smoothly. It was going very, very smoothly, uh, probably better than the marriage, uh, until, <laughs> until about a month, maybe six weeks prior to seeing Dr. Mancy, uh my ex decided uh, she wasn't going to return back to California from where she'd previously lived in Zion, Illinois. we have been living in California for the previous 10 years, and so it became a child custody dispute, which, yeah, which was driving me crazy. Wow. Uh, and it was interesting because I'd had tiny little episodes during our divorce or even our marriage. We did a lot of counselling, probably a year and a half's worth of counselling, uh, where I'd get this inner cycle going in my head that would go round and round, and it'd last maybe five or ten minutes, and it, I'd think it was ruining my day. But then when it became a child custody dispute, it was 24-7. I mean, I, I was like a laptop. You'd open the laptop up when I woke My eyes woke up in the morning, and the first thing that happened was I had this negative uh, audible cycle in my head uh, that was making me feel like I was going crazy. Maybe I was going crazy. Uh, and it had been happening... About exactly a month, because... Uh, well, I can imagine the thought of losing a child would yeah. make a person start to go crazy. Correct. So I was going crazy. And it was a real shame as well, because we'd been doing great as parents. Her, her background was in uh, developmental educational psychology, so she had unlimited access every day off work. I'd go and pick him up in the morning and take him back, and we'd talk about parenting plans in terms of what we were doing with him physically and mentally. You know, I had all... I had, a list of different exercises I was doing games and stuff like that and then I was kind of in charge of the sports side of things I was doing a lot of soccer and climbing and gymnastics with him so it was going really good and then all of a sudden bam uh, and with very limited access as well you know to, to go and see him I'd be flying back to uh, well Zion Illinois so I decided to seek help 
maybe towards a little bit being a little bit too late I thought at the time uh, but and I just got on my insurance website and was flicking through uh, and I don't know how I was on Yelp and you know how it goes link 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 and uh, yeah. there was a blog from Dr. Mancy on there that caught my attention that I just started reading and reading and stopped looking around at different and it, it was like it was written for me uh, <laughs> it was one of the things that like someone speaking directly to you so picked up the phone gave her a call and made an appointment the next day and uh, it was good actually to hear what Dino just said because I thought maybe it was just because I was going crazy the response but I did a maybe an hour hour and a half session where we had some practical tools. Uh, I'll, I'll let Dr. Mansi talk about what, what she does in a th- uh, therapy session. But I came out afterwards and it was like the weight of the world. In fact, I wasn't sure what had happened. I tried to recreate it and couldn't. Like I was like, what's happened to that tape that I've, been, uh, that I've had in my head for the last month nonstop? Uh, I think that's amazing that you yeah. literally tried to yeah. recreate uh, this, this negative syndrome, yeah. but you couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't after one session. After one session, wow! And, and uh, I can recreate it now after lots of practice and effort. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, 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 she did give me some practical tools to stop it, which I, I put into place a lot. Because it be triggers, you know, I'd, ha- I'd have to speak to her. I'd call sure. her, you know, to sp- speak to the kid. Or my parents were in town at the time, and with uh, the <laughs> parents will do it. <laughs> well, they were as helpful as they could be, but they we had helpful, a but it's by nature. family family child service appointment to organise, and a yeah. meeting with the lawyers and stuff like that. So as soon as I was in that cycle, uh, in those environments, I could slip into this negative cycle. But when I when I was by myself, I was I was doing great. Uh, Without pressure. Correct. Yeah. If, if I was just by myself or having a cup of tea. Uh, which it had been a month of just constant going crazy. The, the only time I'd been able to lose it was going to work. I was like, I'm just going to work a lot for a little bit. Uh, and you're a pilot. Correct. Right? Yeah. So it's pretty important that you're cool. Yeah. <laughs> we, don't, we, don't, we don't need stressed out pilots. Yeah. And, 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 and luckily, you know, because I did, did consider uh, calling in sick, it was the one place where I'd, I'd been it's free from zone. it. Yeah, yeah. It brought me into the zone, gave, gave me something to focus on. So Madison... These guys have amazing stories of how they got amazing results, uh, but they're not talking a lot about how you get those results. Mm-hmm. So what is it that Qigong does that allows people to overcome serious anxiety, stress, and even physical pain? Well, actually, I'm very fortunate because I went through a really solid doctoral program with the medical Qigong. And, uh, you know, as I work with individuals, we start off, you know, in dialogue and we really dig down to the roots of what's, what's happening, what's occurring, where this all first began. And then from there, there's specific protocols that are done to the, to the individual's body. And then there are specific, uh, self-care tools that I will teach the individual so that way they can take this home and practice it to continue furthering their healing. Now, I really find it to be uh, very, very instrumental to have such a solid education behind me because if it wasn't for that, there's no way we'd be able to have these types of results. Right. Uh, there's a lot of uh, like Reiki masters. Can you talk a little bit? What's, what's the difference if somebody's a Reiki master versus you're a doctor of Chinese medicine? Well, I can speak in general about, you know, energy-based medicine, you know, as a whole. So... There's a lot of people who love to say they're healers. Everybody wants to be a healer. Everybody wants to help somebody. And there are a lot of people who they find different seminars or workshops or schooling programs, and they go to school for maybe 
two days, and then they call themselves a healer. Some people say they learned it within their family or their grandmother taught them or uh, whatnot. But the reason it's so crucial to actually go through a formal training program and get formal education is so that way you truly understand how to clinically apply what you've learned. So a lot of these other workshops and things that people go through, they learn to nourish and love. And that's great to nourish and love. We all need that. But there's a time and a place for everything. So when you, if you go see somebody and all they're doing is nourishing and loving the body, if the person comes in with an excess condition, you know, they're having an excess amount of anxiety or grief and sorrow uh, or stress, what does this end up producing in the body physically? It ends up creating tightness in the chest. Sometimes this leads to high blood pressure. And if you see somebody who's nourishing and loving that condition, what happens? You're feeding it. You're allowing it to grow. It's exacerbating the situation. So it's like a Band-Aid. So in the moment, you can feel great. I mean, who doesn't like to have hands on the body and feeling like, you know, they're in a therapeutic situation laying down on a table? Everybody loves that. In the moment, they feel great. But oftentimes, I'll have individuals come to me afterwards and say, you know, I felt great in the moment, but afterwards, everything came back. And I feel like I'm caught in this this rat race or this wheel, the gerbil wheel, mm-hmm. and, it's, and I'm not healing. And I think that has a lot to do with the level of education. So I can't speak specifically what these other programs are uh, teaching, how involved and detailed they are, but I really encourage everybody out there to do their research. And if somebody tells you they're a healer or they offer energy work, really find out Do you have a certificate? Are you credentialed? Where are you credentialed? Where did you receive your schooling? And clinicals, right? I mean, you've done done many hours of actual hands-on work in clinical situations. Absolutely. So somebody who maybe received a certificate in a day or two, how many hours of training did they receive? 10 hours total, 16, 20 hours. So another question I like to throw out there is, would you go see somebody for medical care that attended two days of medical school? Only if it's for $5. (laughs) (laughs) So why would you go see somebody who says they're a healer that had two days of of training, right? Would you go see somebody who said, I learned medicine from my father or my mother. It's been in my family for centuries. I'm a doctor. Or would you take your child or your mother or yourself only to somebody who went through a formal medical education program in the United States and then received board certification? The program I went through was over a thousand hours. And within this thousand hours, as you just said, about half of it was clinical. So I had a clinical internship, a clinical externship that I did. My externship was actually at a cancer center where I worked with individuals to help them overcome the pain and side effects from cancer treatment. And uh, as we go through clinicals, uh, especially the internal, um, the internship, you know, you're being supervised constantly. You're being watched to see, you know, if you're making all the right moves. How do, so for physical pain, I mean, because this is energy-based medicine. Right. Most of the time, you're not even touching the person, correct? Uh, it's a combination. There's a little bit of light touch that can be involved, and sometimes there's no touch at all. So when we're talking about physical pain or an anxiety, like you said, the gerbil wheel, mm-hmm. how does energy through people change that? Mm-hmm. Great question. Oftentimes, 
these physical ailments begin after there's already been a long laundry list of suppressed emotions that have been truly just trapped in the body. And when these trapped emotions have no way to release themselves, it ends up turning into a physical condition. So when somebody is receiving clinical application of external energy therapy or external qi therapy, what happens is qigong actually increases the efficiency for delivery of oxygen and nutrients to all the cells. And what happens is this enhances the individual's immune system and thereby improves health and healing. And there are specific protocols that are done for certain conditions. And there's research about how qigong, this human energy or or, uh, qi, actually has physical effects on the body. Yes, absolutely. So it's a a great point that you raised, Lisa, because a lot of people, when they think of qigong or energy-based medicine, they think this is something that's alternative. Initially, this was considered alternative medicine because there was no evidence out there. There were no medical publications to prove it. So the difference between alternative medicine and evidence-based medicine is alternative medicine is something that has not been proven. Evidence-based medicine means there have been medical publications, research has been done, and the results have been published and proven. So since this first started out as being labeled as alternative Qigong was uh, originally labeled as an alternative, publications started to surface in a journal titled the Journal of Alternative and Complementary Medicine. And so if you go to this publication, you'll find many, many articles there that are published. Dr. Chen is a very popular PhD that writes on evidence-based medical Qigong. Dr. Chen is is out of the University of Maryland. He actually works in the Department of Psychiatry. Dr. Sanser is another PhD that also does a lot of writing on medical Qigong, and uh, he's up in the Bay Area. And uh, there's definitely a lot of evidence out there. Furthermore, this probably was considered alternative here in the United States and a lot of Western uh, medical countries. But this this has been accepted as a standard in medicine in a lot of Eastern countries, right? Absolutely. This is their medicine. This, In a lot of countries, this has been their first go-to. But in America, in the United States of America, it first started in the area of alternative because we didn't have that documentation here in the U.S. What drew you to Qigong? <laughs> Great question. Uh, actually, a personal experience that I went through. So growing up, I had a very strong scientific background with my father having a PhD in chemistry, my my older brother having a PhD in biochemistry, and I actually worked in the field of uh, conventional medicine for over 10 years. I served as a consultant in surgery, guiding physicians through surgeries, and was a very, very firm believer in, in this type of medicine because this is what we grow up within. And uh, I went through quite a life crisis where I felt like my world was collapsing. I mean, stress had taken over. Uh, Working in that field was very high stress, working in surgery, working with physicians. And I reached a point where I thought I wasn't going to make it. Turned out I ended up meeting an individual that I became involved with, and he was an anesthesiologist. And he said to me, hey, have you ever heard of Qigong? Because I'm actually in this doctoral program, and I think this would be something for you to really consider, not only to help you in what you're going through in your personal life, but 
this could be something you could integrate into your future to help others as well. And there you have it. The break, the breakdown comes the breakthrough. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It I wanna, was really life-changing, life-transforming. I want to let everybody that's listening know that we would love your feedback. If you have questions, concerns, uh, you're sick, you want more information, you can email us at feedback at thorpeinstitute.com. And I, I hope you know how to spell feedback, but Thorpe uh, is T-H-O-R-P-I-N-S-T-I-T-U-T-E, Thorpe Institute. There's no E on the end of Thorpe. So feedback at thorpeinstitute.com. We'd love you to, to write in to us. This is your show. And uh, also, if you go to healthandwellnessencinitas.com, you will be able to see the show notes for this show. So there's links back to Dr. Mansi's website and additional information, links that we that we like to include about the different things we talk about in the show. We'd love it if you subscribed. Please share the information. And uh, once again, if you have any questions, feel free to, to submit questions and comments. So, Dr. Mansi, we always ask uh, guests, and I believe we asked you the last time you were here, but maybe you have something new for this show, what would be the number one wellness tip that you would recommend people? Uh, I would say, you know, the majority of people are breathing incorrectly, and it's really important to make sure that we're breathing properly. Uh, many people are shallow breathing. So I feel like I'm shallow breathing right now <laughs> when you say that. Oh, take a deep breath. <laughs> So really allow yourself <laughs> to stop and take time to breathe deeply into your abdomen. And as you inhale, you want to expand the abdomen fully. And on the exhale, you allow the abdomen to deflate. So you inhale through the nose, expanding the abdomen out, exhaling through the mouth as you release. Belly breathing, people. Get into that belly. <laughs> That's awesome. It's such a quintessential part of life, but you're right. I think most of us are doing it wrong. <laughs> just just learning to breathe right can change somebody's lives. Is that one of the tools that, uh, Dino, that yeah, you were sent yeah, home with? Because I always thought, you know, breathing, you breathe to the chest, and I wanted to lift my chest up and take all my hair in there, and that's not, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I learned to breathe better, that was definitely something that, that helped for sure. Mm-hmm. The majority of people are actually reverse breathing. So if you were to look at a baby, a baby dre- breathes a baby breathes naturally with the cycle we just explained. But the moment that a baby or a child gets their first shock in life or gets yelled at, what happens? <gasps> everything goes inward, and when everything goes inward, that's when they start to reverse breathe. And that's where complications over time start to develop. So literally, most of our wellness and health issues could have started all with that first <laughs> that first time we were dropped off the couch. <laughs> oh my god! Now we've been breathing wrong ever since. So we should be teaching breathing in kindergarten and in nursery school. Absolutely, right? Absolutely. How about you, Andy? Did you? Did I you can't get remember. I think we discussed it. I can't remember taking it away. I think I was already doing it as part of. I have a little uh, hypnosis meditation. Uh, uh-huh. My mother was a counselor, uh, traditionally, and did hypnosis and NLP. Oh, and, lucky and I, guy! Yeah, so I got access to. I've read probably the whole 
Tony Robbins anthology. And, and a good mum. Yeah, uh, which is very ironic growing up for me because uh, my sister was at, well, she's now an eye surgeon, but she was, went to medicine at Cambridge and uh, and she was very anti, not very, she never said, mum, I'm anti all this rubbish, but it came across. And uh, now she's got a child with some learning and developmental problems that science can't answer and she's doing every alternative uh, type of care that there is which is a big change but yeah so I'd, I'd uh, I have a, a meditation CD where I was doing something and we did discuss it uh, ma- mainly just trying to go to sleep uh, when, right. I was, when I'd have that cycle in my head or just when I need to go to sleep because I'm working in two hours and I've got an hour you know like tonight I'm doing a red eye so I'd go there and get there at 10 and try and sleep for an hour before I do a fly across the country so, so what was the most powerful tool or takeaway that that you that Dr. Mancy gave you. It was a different med- mental meditation to do it all visually and played in my head uh, when I started to go into a negative cycle. I mean, the, the phraseology I've been using was "stop, erase, delete," uh, but it was also we wrote down a meditation where I visualized playing with my son. Uh, so mm. that that was the. So instead of focusing on the loss, you were focusing on the relationship. What I wanted to get, yeah. Yeah, focusing on the positive. Correct. Sounds easier than it is to do. I'm sure everybody knows. Well, this is really critical to be able to stop the negative self-talk that a lot of individuals acquire over time. And once we're able to stop the negative self-talk and really get into changing the subconscious mind that's feeding the conscious mind, that's really where you know true healing is occurring. Well, and the extra energy that you bring as a skilled uh, Qigong master, a doctor of Qigong, rather, I think... Oftentimes, people need an intervention mm-hmm. because just telling them probably isn't enough. Absolutely. It's the combination of the clinical application as well as being able to teach the specific um, self-care tools. Right, because most people don't even use. recognize that they're having negative thoughts. They just recognize the, the last part of it, which is the bad feeling. Right. And they may not even recognize the the tension or the negative feeling. It just all of a sudden manifests fully, like you said, into pain or or a full-on disease. Mm -hmm. But it all starts originally with that negative thought pattern. That was very much my situation, too, was was with all the stress and and things going wrong with the resort at at the time. um, I was focusing on the problems and the negativity. When I settled down, I was able to, to get this weight off I was able to focus on solutions. You know, I, just, I think it's probably important to say because my business partners would kill me if I didn't say that the resort is doing great right now. What's the name of the resort? Floating Floating Leaf. The floating, website is BaliFloatingLeaf.com. Bali Floating yeah. Leaf. And we've an got amazing resort. Yeah, and we've got great uh, great reviews from guests, and it's it's really working working well. So the whole thing, the whole experience with Dr. Mansi was positive, not only with myself but the the, re, is the resort. Is Dr. Mansi going to lead some sort of Qigong I, retreat I at the Floating Leaf. Come on, people. Sounds like powerful healing in, yeah. in a healing place, right? No, that sounds like a winning combination. Andy's gonna fly you there. It's gonna be great. <laughs> well, this has been wonderful. Uh, Dr. Mancy, thank you so much for coming back and for sharing your amazing expertise. I very much uh, appreciate and love sharing these types of practices and and options for people uh, to overcome their stress, their pain, their diseases. And uh, as I've mentioned before, for all of you listening, 
we'd love your feedback. You can email us at feedback at thorpeinstitute.com. This is Health and Wellness Encinitas. This is Lisa Thorpe. Thank you again for listening and have a wonderful day.